Whoever is listening, however you are listening, I want to welcome you back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 33. Guys, another podcast, another interview. Today I have with me Coach J.W. Myers. He is formerly from Jacksonville, where he attended high school, Episcopal School of Jacksonville. He was a four-year starter at Charleston Southern University, where he played college football, and he was named a captain his senior year. And he was the member of the Big South All-Conference team. A lot of accomplishments there. He was the head coach at Coastal Christian, where in 2015 he was the head coach. He was the coach of the year. And he was region champs. And now he's currently the head football coach at Pinewood Preparatory School, where he is going to start his new job with the AD position, the athletic director, the man behind everything, starting in the fall of 2021. Coach, welcome to the podcast. It is an honor to have you here. Grayson, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I actually feel very honored to be on this show. I've heard, heard, I've listened, and, you know, of all the things you talk about and all the stuff you cover, I'm like, man, pick me. I'm humbled. (laughs) So I really want to just get right into it. I obviously see in the background, you got your CSU jersey hanging up. So I really just want to start there. Take me through those playing days at CSU. What drew you there? How did that process begin? And what were some just special things about playing college football? Because not everybody gets to do it. It's a very exclusive club, if you will. Yeah, no, it, um, it was something I mean, a lot of people say it's like a dream of theirs growing up, like from a little kid, like, oh, I want to play at college and all this. And honestly, that dream or the whole idea of playing at the next level probably didn't happen until around college or excuse me, not college, until about high school, about ninth or 10th grade that I was like, oh, I could actually do this. Um, you know, prior, I didn't start playing football until seventh grade. And I was always uh, very big for my age. And I didn't play like Pop Warner or anything like that because I was probably, I mean, I would have been playing with much older kids at that time. So I didn't start playing until middle school. And then about ninth and 10th grade, I realized, you know, hey, I'm actually kind of good. Like, <laughs> like the coaches, like a coach that I had who was um, pretty influential in high school for me, um, he saw something in me and started to say, okay, pushing me to go to some camps and to combines and kind of try and get some exposure. And that's when I started seeing myself against peers around the city and other players. And I was like, okay, like I got something, I can do this. So it really began like, once I realized that I started putting a lot of focus and energy towards that. I was, you know, what I was playing, like I was playing football, I was doing basketball and then I would be uh, doing weightlifting or I'd run track. And I was trying to play sports that were all complimentary or would help me achieve my goal of playing at the next level. And then through high school, about junior year, I focused more on just the football and track and weightlifting because I was doing a lot of just, okay, how do I, how do I earn my, how do I earn a scholarship? Um, and so I, I mean, it was, it was really cool how it all, it all happened. I, I didn't get a ton of offers um, academically. The school I went to was very, very difficult, very strong academic school. So my GPA wasn't as high as it needed to be. 
Um, and I wasn't a great test taker. And a lot of that stuff has changed now with NCAA. But back then, I only actually only had two offers um, to play um, in college. And one was from Liberty University and one was from Charleston Southern. And then I had a preferred, like I could walk on, I had a preferred walk on at like Central Florida. And then that was really about it. Like I could have, I probably could have walked on somewhere else if I'd have gotten into this school, but I didn't want to go that route. I would much rather have been either received a full scholarship or just go and say, okay, my, my football career is done. I'll just be, go be a student somewhere. Um, so about my junior year is when a lot of, you know, some of the schools really started contacting me and reaching out and Charleston Southern and Liberty University were the two big ones. And Liberty University actually actually offered me a scholarship first, uh, offered me a full ride. And then about a week later, Charleston Southern offered me a full scholarship uh, because Liberty and Charleston Southern were in the same conference and we were rivals and we would kind of go back and forth between uh, conference titles. So they were like, okay, if Liberty offered you, then we'll offer you that kind of thing, you know? Well, clash. Yeah. So it was, um, that was kind of neat. And then, so I took two trips up there. I went to Liberty and then I went to Charleston Southern and it was, uh, one was nicer than the other. Like Charleston's a lot nicer than Lynchburg, Virginia. Yeah, that's, um, that's fair. <laughs> there's a lot more going on here. And um, little did I know that Liberty University would be what it is today when I went up there in 2005, because now it's a FBS school and, um, you know, a lot more facility wise. But Charleston Southern was just, I mean, it is a unbelievable school. And it is actually, I attribute so much of what I, now I'm a part of and what I have in my life for my time at Charleston Southern because in high school I just saw it as here's a chance to go to school for free here's a chance for me to play and start I could start right away I didn't have yeah. to sit out a year and it was close to home and it was Charleston I was like well this is a cool town these are all wins like let's do this and while at Charleston Southern I played football, but I got a degree. I met my wife, and when I graduated, it, it set me into the current career that I'm in now as a head football coach. So it's um it's pretty cool. I mean, it was a good time. So when you were playing at CSU, was there a moment or a game that really stood out to you in the four years that you played that you were like, "Wow, this is it is such it's so much bigger than you originally think" because. I mean, me watching on the TV, I can't like describe like rolling, yeah. running down the hills of Death Valley or seeing 80,000 people in Alabama. Have you ever been in a place where you just like, this is college football? Yeah, I've been at the large scale and a small scale. And what I mean by that is like Charleston Southern being FCS school, like, and in, in our, we don't have the funds that a lot of bigger schools have. So we would play money games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we would go and play the big, FBS schools like we during my time there we played the University of Florida we played the University of Miami we played South Florida uh we played the University of Miami Ohio um trying to think that was my time while we were there maybe one other one I can't remember um 
but those were, I mean, that allowed us the opportunity to go into a bigger stadium and to onto a bigger stage. And some of like, I think one of the, one or two of those games was televised, um, which was in 2000, between 2005 and 2009, like a lot of FCS schools weren't on TV like they are now. Like the coverage wasn't what it is today. You know, we didn't have ESPN Plus and things like that. So those that was a chance for us to get uh, – to kind of have, one, we got money for our program, but then, two, it was great exposure and a great experience for us as as student-athletes to go out and play on that big stage. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as those would have been goals for us. Like, oh, I'm from Florida. I got to go play, in, you know, at – um at the university of florida in gainesville yeah in front of ninety thousand people it was at that time of the year that was urban yeah. meyer's year that was urban oh, meyer yeah. oh that's oh, yeah. so that's tebow and all the oh my gosh that's so well cool. here's what's crazy they had, they had just come off their national championship year they oh. were number ranked number one and it was the first game of the season so everyone in the state of florida who's a gator fan was trying to get to that game just because they wanted to see they didn't care about us whatsoever. They just wanted to see their team. So yeah. I mean, it was a it was a packed house. I bet. And I know that was that, that was the peak of Florida football at that time. That, that was the peak of Florida football for sure. I mean, because you had you had te- you had the big names out there that all went on to play at NFL. I mean, then you had, I mean, it was that that's for us was the peak of our experience in terms of like that year we were. We started off with the University of Florida as the ranked number one in the, you know, in the country. And then I would say, you know, another exciting, I mean, games we had were even our conference games and our rival games, like the years that we were ranked last, like we were always ranked near the bottom at Charleston Southern in our conference. And during my time, we either won the conference or we're, ta- we're finishing in the second to third spot but we would always come from the bottom like we always we were always the underdog we were always this doormat school in a way but we the guys that we had and their coaches we had they instilled this work ethic in us that you know this is what they're saying about y'all but this isn't true right. and we always came out and we always whether we won the conference or we were somewhere in that top, we I mean, we would always climb up. And that's where, I mean, that was always something I think I took with me leaving Charleston Southern as this, like, this mindset of like, you know, this underdog mindset. I've always been the underdog. I've always come from a place that doesn't have the flashy things, doesn't have all the, all the studs and the stars, you know, but we're just freaking hard workers. And, you know, and that's what I even try to put into my coaching now and even my life. But, I mean, Florida was the top game. Uh, I can remember games against Liberty. One Actually, probably one of the best ones was Coastal Carolina. Those were always fun games. Teal um, Field? No, they Man. weren't Teal then. Oh. They, they just had regular grass. Oh. Um, one of the – actually, it was funny. One of the coldest games I ever played in was in Conway, South Carolina. Really? So it was about it was about not not South Carolina. Years. No way. Oh yeah, no. It, it was <laughs> the weirdest thing. It was like of all the places you would have thought Ohio would have been cold, but no. I one game in Conway, it got down to like 35 that night. 
And I remember sitting on the sideline holding like hot hands, like hand yeah. and just sitting like this until it was my time to go like off yeah. back on the field. And then I'd go out and go, but it was, we ended up winning that game. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty handed, like pretty well. And, ah. um, but I just always, I don't know why I always remember it just being so freaking cold. And I was like, this is terrible. It could, <laughs> I I, I, I'm like, I'm just convinced I can't be South Carolina because the weather here no, changes. Like it's like this all the time. Oh, it yeah. continues. Uh, that's crazy. So yeah. a lot of people are like you and like in high school, they, they have this dream of playing college football. If you could, if you could sit in a room with a bunch of prospects and give them advice on what it takes, how that process works, what would you tell them? It, it is, it is the, even in, even in 2005, so like 2003 to 2005 was kind of the whole run of my recruiting, like college recruiting. Even at that time, without social media that we have today, it was still a pretty crazy experience. Um, I would say now it's even more crazy just because sure. of social media, but it's almost, it's almost something to be said, like getting phone calls. But I would get phone calls on my house phone that the coaches would leave on our answering machine because we didn't have the cell phone like right. I do now. Like that didn't come along until later. But like, you know, I'd come home and listen to the answering machine and be like, hey, this is Coach Kelly from Charles and Southern. This is Coach whoever from what, you know, this school. Like, you know, just stuff like that. But I would tell the kids like, don't almost enjoy the process. Enjoy the time because it can become so overwhelming. And so just like almost taking the fun out of it, like, okay, enjoy this time of, of these, of these schools inviting you to come to their camp or inviting you to uh, come watch a game or inviting you to come up to actually tour the campus because they're really interested in you. Like, and enjoy that because you only have, it only happens once right. and you're the lucky one that's, that's getting you know, courted in a way. Like, like you're, being a movie you're star. the star. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And and and, it, and all and even it even if it's a small D2, D3 school or D2 school, like they're still gonna try to make it as great of an experience for that recruit as they can. Right. You know, and it, and it's and it should be fun and it's supposed to be fun. Um, but I'd also say from like if you're trying to get recruited or you are being recruited don't lose sight of what you're currently doing. Like, don't lose sight of like, you're still a part of your team in high school. You, like that, that's what you've committed to. And that's what your focus should be on. Like, don't let this whole recruiting thing become this outside distraction. Right. That's going to pull you away because they could, they could remove or drop that scholarship or stop calling you like that. Like that. Yeah. You know, and then what? Like, what are you going to do? So you have to just keep doing what you're doing and focus on what you're, you know, you've committed to. Um, because, like, you know, I, I, I've, I've actually experienced, remember how it happened to me. It was like I was talking to a school and then all of a sudden they just stopped calling. I mean, we yeah. were talking for a while and like, and it was just, nope, never heard from me again. Mm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so then it was all right here's the next thing but 
focus on what you're doing. Like, stay committed to what you're doing. Enjoy the moment. Um, you know, those, those are some big things. I mean, and if you're trying to get recruited, like, you have to do something that's going to be eye-catching. You have to go out and do something that's going to be going to make the coach want to watch the film after that one play. Right. And they're going to see you do one big play, and that's great. Every hit has one big play. I mean, Grayson, you had a handful of big plays, but, like, you can go back to, like, one huge play you had at Pinewood. Right. Right? I've got to save it on my phone. It, I can't exactly, even visit see? it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, like, that's great, but then the coach wants to see what's that next play after yeah. you made that big play. What's the next play you're going to do? It's, it's the next play you're going to do after that? Especially being – you, like, get, like, the one big play. And I think – I remember you telling me this, actually, on the field – is I had it was Wilson Hall and I had the at this big third down catch and then I was in my mind thinking when is my next one like I was so amped up and then yeah. Myron threw me a, like a curl route and I was like juggling the ball and I remember you specifically telling me just to like calm down and the next one will come you just have yeah. to like let it happen you can't like get caught up in the moment and yeah. it was just something that's always stuck with me it's like never get caught in the moment and just continue to look for that next yeah. opportunity well, and, and, it's, and it's so hard because you want to enjoy the moment. Yeah. But then you also want – you have to like, okay, on to the next play. And that's and that goes for either way, whether it's a great play or whether it's a bad play. Yeah. Like the best players are the ones with the shortest memory. Yes. And the ones that are good or bad. And, okay, I just made this huge play. I mean, you can watch it from any level of – on any sport. Right. Like if you do something that's amazing, like – you make a great catch, you make a great block, you make a great throw, like whatever it is in any sport. Well, the game's still going. Like you got to come back and do it again. <laughs> you got to like, keep like, it's, it's repetition. Yeah, you gotta keep exactly. going. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where, you know, those kinds of things, that's what's going to separate you from the pack and what's going to get you noticed, you know, and, and even down to like, yes, you're, your numbers are great. Your size, your strength, what you run, you know, that's important. Your, your grades are the most important too. Cause if you can put all that into one package, that just makes you a extremely marketable kid. Yes. All-rounded. For sure. So, oh, and it, but it's, sorry, go ahead. Okay, let's talk about uh, your, why you, cause we had this, you were transitioning from CSU. So how did that transition from college football player to coach go? Like, because I'm sure like it went like this. What stuck out to you? Because usually people decide to like, it's time, my time to move on from football. What, what initially struck you as, man, I want to be a head coach. I want to continue being a part of this game. I'm not done with it yet. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because again, there's for me, like, I have, I've all, I have goals and I have, I've always had goals and I had dreams, but it's been like, I would, I would go to go back to like your age or even younger, like high school. It was always like, man, when I graduate or what I want to do when I grow up, it's like, I want to own my own business or I want to make money or I want to get into this profession and be successful. Like I had all these visions of like, success being this monetary thing and you know making lots of money because the environment I grew up in like my dad was my dad was a very successful hard-working guy um 
always like did everything for his kids. My grandfather owned his own business. My uncle owned his own business. So the men in my life were these very successful, independent, hardworking guys, which I got a lot of that too. But for me, that was my vision of like, okay, I'm going to go into the business world. I'm going to go into the corporate world. I'm going to make a lot of money, you know, that kind of thing, which is, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, and that's where, okay, I got to school for free. Like, you know, I went to school for free on a full ride to play football. Um, I went to a Christian university where I grew more into in my faith um, from where I was in high school. And then through college, as I grew up um, and matured, and then even also within my faith as a Christian, like even matured and, and grew up in that way. And so when it came time to graduate, I still in the back of my mind or still wanted to try to achieve this goal of like, okay, I'm going to go into sales. I'm going to go into corporate. I'll try to get into sports marketing or something. And, you know, let's go out and make some money. And, um, and I was like, that was my goal. That was what I was focused on. And my dad, when I graduated was like, you know, you should look into going back and trying to see what it would take to get a teaching degree. Like try to be a GA, uh, how many credits would you need to get to be a, you know, to get an educate a degree in education. My, my degree, my undergrad degree was in communications and I minored in history because I'm going, what am I going to do with a history degree? I need, I need something that's going to give me like, you know, at that point in time, I also graduated like a, 2009, which was right around the recession. So jobs weren't like as readily oh, yeah. available, but that's a different story. So <laughs> I'm going, what am I going to do with a history degree? I need to get it like communications. I'm going to go into sales. Like, you know, I don't know. I'm 21 years old. I'm, this is my thought process. All right. And um, I get, I graduate, but the whole time my dad's like, Hey, see what it would take for you to get, you know, an education degree, like a second major. Right. I was like, okay, like I could be a GA for a little bit and do and go that route. And so I, um, I kind of always thought about that, but it wasn't until I received an email from my wife, Beth, who was working for the head football coach at Charleston Southern as his secretary. She sent me an email that was a school named Coastal Christian that was looking for a head football coach and a teacher. And the pay was like $30,000, $30 to $35,000, something like that. And I'd been, I'd graduate, I'd been graduated for like two months and I was just coming up there to see her. And she sends me this email and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I call, I called the school and talked to the headmaster and it was on a Wednesday. I talked to him for like 30 minutes and he said, come by Friday and we'll do an interview and blah, blah, blah. So I go and get my little suit ready and all these things and my resume. And I go into the, the school on Friday and we interview and I'd meet with different people. And by that afternoon, they'd offered me a job to be the head coach and a teacher at Coastal Christian. Three months removed from college. Like, <laughs> no, not a, I don't have a degree in teaching. I have a history degree. I played college football. I'm like, okay, here we go. And basically, only reason I was like looking into this whole thing was because I saw hey, this is what we're offering for money. We're looking for someone who maybe had playing experience or is interested in being a coach. And I'm like, yeah, let's give this a shot. 
I don't really have a job right now. I need a job. <laughs> it keeps me in Charleston. And let's just, let's see how this works out. So that is literally how I got into coaching. I, I, I had different people in my life. So I had my dad and I had my offensive line coach who kind of hinted at the possibility of like, Hey, you could do, you could be a coach. Like you have, like you could, you had that ability, like, you know, think about it, but I always pushed it away because it wasn't the, it wasn't to me like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make six figures being, you know, this little coach or doing whatever. Like, yeah. It doesn't like I appeal at the time. It doesn't the, the appeal, yeah, exactly. The like, appeal for yeah. me was, wasn't there. And I was kind of ready to be done with football. Um, I was kind of ready to move on to the next thing in my life. But again, what I thought it was completely different than what God had planned for me and what he was had lined up because the reason I got to Charleston Southern was my personal appeal. I was like, Oh, this is fun. I went out downtown Charleston, like all these, like, you know, fun things that I saw, but he saw something else for me. Right. He put me in an environment that he knew I would be successful in. And look where you are now. Oh, I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I can look at it now as, you know, 12 years or 14 years later and realize, okay, now I kind of understand. The bigger picture's there. It's, it, yes, it does. But at the time you're just, you're looking at it of a, Hey, here's a fun school and, you know, a great town and free. And I can play like all these things that were about me, 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 me. But then, you know, there's more, there's a bigger picture there. And like, you're realizing Okay, this is making sense, <laughs> but, but no, I, I got into coaching because I, I thought, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I actually do enjoy teaching. Like I would, I would, you know, I would work camps during the summer youth camps at Charleston Southern. I would, you know, and those were always fun. I had some great coaches growing up. I had some really bad coaches growing up, but I had some great coaches that were impactful in, in my life. And you know, kind of, I saw what they were doing. I was like, okay, that's kind of, you know, that's cool. Like, but again, it was never that ultimate appeal. Like, this is what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I finished my first year of coaching and teaching. uh, I think we won one game, maybe, yeah, one game, uh, one or two. I don't shoot. I don't know who cares. And then, um, but we actually dropped from 11 man to eight man in that eight man football in that same year. And the classroom, I probably got called to the principal's office more than my students just because it's like, you can't say that or you can't do that. <laughs> um, you know, stu- like this, me being a dumb 24 year old, like not knowing exactly what to do in the classroom. But after I finished that year, I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I, I feel like I am, you know, I'm called to do. Right. And I actually read I read a book that summer written by uh, Bobby Bowden. And um, it was the book was called Called to Coach. And the story he told about his life and kind of what he was doing, I drew a lot of parallels to my life from that. And, you know, it was one of those like, okay. Like I hear what you he's saying, 
I went through this year. Like, I really do feel like this is where God wants me to be. This is what I'm called to do. And let's get out. Like, let's go. Let's see, yeah. what, this, let's see what happens. So and, after 14 years of coaching and like, you're very experienced, you've been doing this for a while. What would you say is your style, your philosophy? Like what, what do you apply when you go out there and coach? What strikes out to you? What's important to you? What do you want to cover? Like not in terms of like X's and O's and plays, but like what do you want your players to feel when they're out there like playing and what they want as an experience? I, it's all for me. It's always been even as a player. It's always been like when we're out here, we're here to work, and like we're here to like get after it and and put in that hard work. And that was that was instilled for me from my the men in my life and even my mom and women in my life. But like my coaches like that was always our thing because remember I was we were always the underdog any team I've ever been a part of we were always the underdog and we always had to outwork anyone else so that that is like to me the main philosophy like not main philosophy but one of the main pillars of like okay hard work and nothing nothing can be everything can be accomplished through that hard work and, and that commitment um but as, as I've evolved and as I've grown as a coach, my first year is completely different from now. And, you know, I was very much coaching kids and at a, you know, a small private school, almost the same way as if I was at Charleston Southern. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I can't do that. I got to, you know, <laughs> gotta change that. There's a balance to um, it. For sure. And it was like, I realized that very quickly. And, um, and that was, again, just naive. But I, to me, as I've grown in this, it's become more about the relational side and, 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 and coaching the heart and reaching the heart and like really trying to let those kids know that we care more about you as an individual than we do about you out here as a player. We want you to be successful as a player and we want you to do well and we want you to have this unbelievable experience, but we also want you to know that, yes, we're going to work hard and we're going to push you and we're going to challenge you, but we also care about you on a completely different level. I want to know about how well, what's going on in your life outside of this football practice or this week of football, like how's school going? That's, you know, what did you do this weekend? How's that, how, you know, how are your parents doing? Have you gone anywhere? Like, would y'all, you know, like just little things like that. That's that, that relational side is really what I've tried for me and my coaches to really focus on because we can teach X's and O's. You can go read a playbook and teach any of these kids yeah. how to run this play. That's easy. But then it's down to, okay, how do I get inside your Grayson's head? What is he thinking? How, what does he respond to? Does he respond to me, you know, pushing him, staying on him? Or does he respond more to me kind of, you know, putting my arm around and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. Like a little more, you know, at what level? Like that psychological part, like, how, you know, what gets you going? What gets you excited? What gets you mad? What gets, you know, what gets you driven and focused to do the things we want to do? And then I want to know about you. Like, what's your, what are your plans for college? Where do you want to do when you grow up? Like, like, no, those things, that's not even football related. Like that's, 
that to me, those, those things, that relational side, the hard work, those are some major pillars in my coaching philosophy of just, I, I want you to know that I care about you. Yeah. Not just as a football player. And, it, and I had coaches that were like that for me and it completely changed how I worked for them. Like I respond, like when he, like my offensive line coach, who is, you know, second to my father was the, you know, just as inspiration and mentor in my life as my dad, he would chew me out in a heartbeat. Like, and it, and it actually, I mean, it bothered me for so long, but once I realized where he was coming from and what he, how he actually like cared about me and cared about the other guys, not just the offensive linemen, but like other guys on the team. And I saw where his heart was entire mindset change to where it was like, okay, I'm going to work for this man. Now I'm going to listen to what he's saying because he cared. He learned too how to teach, how to talk to us. And that's kind of what I would even did, but like, okay, he cares about us. He wants us to do well. Let's get after it. Yeah. Like I'm going to listen to what he's saying. I'm, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to, you know, do all these things to not just make myself better, to make our whole unit better, yeah. to make our whole team better, you know? And that's, and that's the, pro- and that's just a difficult process because it's not going to happen overnight. And yeah. it's not an easy thing to do because we get so caught up in the, what we have to get done. Like, okay, we got a practice plan. We got to get this done, this done, this done. But then we also got to do this. We also, you know, oh, at the end of the day, we still got to, you know, try to build this relationship with ah. the kid, you know? So it's just, it takes time and it's, um, but, you know, but that's, that's kind of where, you know, hard work and, you know, relationships, I would say those are both ones. Like that's right there. Anything else underneath it is just it. You know, loving on them, caring for them, relationships, and then hard work. And I think I can, especially for the people in the audience who don't know who Coach Myers is, who aren't in that community, I would say that going from me being a player, I was always, you were always to me, like, it was the Coach Myers, the assistant, like, never like the head, like, as it was always Coach Wright, it was always this, like, overarching thing. And now I'm on yeah. the other side of it. I'm kind of the technical GA with me and McGregor and I saw in that summer practices and what you said right here is just so consistent of what you do on the football field as a head coach. Cause it was something unique. I was like, I'm kind of excited. This is a new era, like, and then getting to actually see that result. Cause the kids respond, the players respond, not just like emotionally, but I think on the field too, they're fighting for somebody. They're having this, they have this emotional connection. You care for them. Now they want to go out, not only win, but win for you. And that's something that I was able to see and just that impact. I was like, wow, this is something I haven't seen yeah. in a while. And it's something that I think this actually transitioned our next question about what makes Pinewood football special to you? Because obviously a lot of people listening, they've either graduated or currently go to Pinewood. What makes Pinewood football special? What stuck out? And what are you most excited for in year two as the head coach? Um, well, Whenever people get asked the question about what makes Pinewood special, and I hear it all, I've been there, this is my fourth year, it's always, you know, they always say it's the family thing, and that's so true. It is a great community, and 
you know, like for instance, your family, like your sister went there, you both went there, you and your brother went there. Uh, your mom has been a you know, coach there. Like that's one family who's been in Pinewood community for a very long time. Right. And there's tons of families that way. So it, it is very much a family environment and that's, and that's great. But to me, um, what has made Pinewood so special are the students and the kids that I've come in like, contact with and, and coach, like the administration's, you know, good. The teachers are good. The people we work with, all that's good. The family environment's good. Like, but to me, it literally is the, the students and the student athletes. And, you know, I've, I've actually looked at this question when you sent it to me and I thought about it and it's always, Everyone, I, I'm telling you, everyone always says, oh, the family environment, family atmosphere. And that don't get me wrong. It's true. But it's y'all. It's it's the free. It's the kids that are there right now. Like they're just. They're I mean, they're just great kids. And whether they come from an unbelievable family or whether they come from, you know, whatever their background is, but the kids themselves are just such I mean, good kids that are there and stay there. And that's what keeps me motivated and going like they they want they want to be successful more than anything they want to do well they just they're they don't know how to do it yet and they don't know how to accomplish that and and no kid really does and that's where it's our job to do that to, to teach that and to show them that hey we don't not exactly know how to do it but we have a really good idea of how to get there yeah and we think this is the route and if you're willing to go with us like let's do it yeah and in the in the two years that I've been the head coach that's what I've tried to instill are those philosophies of like it may not seem that I'm being compassionate because I'm very intense when it comes to like the moment and what we're yeah. doing because it's a passion and I, I, I say it's a passion and it is a passion. And I disguise it as that. And sometimes it's just me. I got to calm down <laughs> and not lose my cool. But I love that. I mean, they're like the guys, they're, they're the guys and the girls. I mean, every, every sport, like they want to do well, they want to be successful. And that right there is if you have that desire then we can do anything. Yeah. Like if the want is there, then let's get after it. Let's do it. Let's go. The hardest part about anything is just having that will to be able to go out there and do it in the first place. Like for sure putting, cause it's not easy. Yeah. It's the, the initiative. And I think that's what Pinewood taught me so well is that if you've got something, you've got a goal and I, the quarantine actually helped me with uh, what we're doing right now. And what I'm doing mm-hmm. is taking that initiative, taking that first step. That's the hardest part is just, getting out of bed or getting out of your normal comfort zone and doing something that you're, and it's helped me in so many other ways. And in football, I was never the biggest kid. I was never the five-star athlete. I was just going out there to have fun and practice. And then you learn these things and you become dedicated. You do all these summer workouts and you're with other people. It's just something that playing high school football does so many things for you. And it's just, it's undescribable. Well, no, it, it does. I mean, whether and honestly, whether it's football or any sport, like mm. it, it is, it teaches you so many things besides the game, you know, besides just the actual game. 
And to me, I mean, I'm biased because I'm a football coach and I've played it and football has been football. Like it's been, it's not my life. Like, but it has since seventh grade, it has allowed me to do things that I've to where I'm at now. Like yeah. it's got me to, it, it got me a free education. Uh, it's gotten me a job. Like, you know, all of these things that this sport that I started out playing in middle school has allowed me to accomplish. Yeah. And it's taught me so many things because it's not just that individual game. It's, it's this mix of guys, it's 11 dudes trying to do accomplish one thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Um, it's also, I mean, it's also a very interesting sport and in what it's about. And I'll, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. We're going to run around and hit each other tackle the guy with the ball like but yeah. at the same time it is a magical and unbelievable sport in terms of like teaching you things that you don't just learn yeah on your own in a day-to-day -day. so like for me like it is I've, I've watched it from you know having a really high number of kids on a roster to no kids on a roster you know, to working and building it back up to getting more kids on your roster. But every year it goes back to what, I mean, just the kids and like what, that's what honestly makes it special is, is, you know, the kids that are there, the, the parents and the families are great, you know, but that those are the ones that are just like, they're hungry. They want to do well. They want to succeed. Yeah. Even, you know, even if they, I mean, even if it's just, I don't have an ounce of athletic ability, but I'm going to come and try it. And I want to, you know, I want to do well. I want to try right. And then, then on us as coaches is making sure we're encouraging that and we're pushing that and we're teaching them how to accomplish that, those things, you know? Right. So, because I mean, win, winning's awesome. Winning's great. It's everybody wants to win, you know, but at the end of the day, like I've been a part of, I've been a part of two winless seasons, maybe no, three winless seasons. Uh, I've also been a part of undefeated teams. I've been a part of, um, I've played on the undefeated teams. I've been a part of multiple winning seasons, championship games. Like I've been on both ends of the spectrum. Like, you know, it's, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, the wins are great. The losses suck, but it, you know, it's still this, what have we learned from it? How do, how, what have we grown from it? Like, mm -hmm. You don't really even remember those times. You remember the experience. You know, you remember um, the the time on the bus, the the you know, the time in the locker room, the time that we were doing this stuff with your teammates and with your coaches. Like that's that's what comes back, you know, and you remember. So yeah. To me that that's you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know. We won one game. We want to win more games for sure. Yeah. But I also want them to have a great experience and I want them to learn something from it besides just how to win and, you know, whatever. But year two, I'm just excited to see, watch these younger kids who like grow up. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's, it's fun it's a very challenging and frustrating process at times. Uh, but it's also a very fun process of what we're doing at Pinewood and what is happening because I mean, 
We had seven. I mean, we've had we've averaged about eighty percent of our whole roster for workouts already this summer. Last year, the pandemic, we were about ninety percent. So I mean, that's thirty-five guys out of a forty-five-man roster that's missing ten dudes. Where we know they're at, like we know where they are, um, but that's huge. Yeah. I can't tell you that I've ever seen that. And the, the, the drive and the want to do well is there. And I'm just, I'm really, I don't, I don't even look at, again, I want to win some games. We all want to win games. And that is, you know, that is a goal, but it's yeah. not the goal. I, I want to see them compete and improve and just focus on, you know, or what's important now, which is the weight room. And then it's the field. And then just like just stepping. I wanted to see them continually growing in the right direction and just getting better and growing and growing and growing. Because if we do that, then sky's the limit. The winds will come along naturally with that. Exactly. And then that's great. But we can't try to rush it. We can't try to push it into this thing. So I'm, I'm really just excited to see, you know, some of these younger kids who have worked hard from last season, you know, coming to step into a bigger role. You know, seeing where, um, you know, the, the group that's coming up from JV um, that or middle school that will be some of them will be playing on varsity, like giving that, I mean, giving them that experience and just, you know, seeing where we go from here. We have a pretty tough schedule, um, you know, have 11 games on there right now. And we figured it's more fun to play games than the practice. So yeah. we'll just, I'll test, <laughs> I'll test that one. Yeah. We'll just try to, uh, play some more games and um you know but we have two high school league teams open up with which will be fun yeah. so and then we go right into probably i mean a tough region yeah so. the, the skeezer region is no joke well i'll, yeah, I'll say that sure. so we're gonna before we wrap things up we're gonna go into a rapid fire section i'm gonna give you All about right. eight quick questions so whatever comes to the top of your head the first one is gonna be Funniest moment as a coach or a player, but I will say if you've got a moment that involves McGregor and you want to share it, please let me know because that would be I don't I have, be great. I have so many. I, I, <laughs> I mean, yes, a lot with McGregor, but just like I'd say the whole my entire career has been the funniest moment. <laughs> There's so many, man. I'll try to think of one. I can't like gosh. yeah. All right. Whatever you're at, right, yeah. All right, All right go. We'll, we'll go ahead. We'll start with the other ones. And if you can't think of something before we wrap things up, then you can share it and we will talk about right. it. So we'll start with All number right. one. Uh, if you have a favorite NFL player, what is it? Or who is it? In, favorite NFL player? Yes. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, there's no – I mean, again, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> current? Does it have to be current or – It could be anything. Anything? Yes. Uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Jeff Saturday. Okay. That's okay. Like that's what I've heard in a while. But not even like when they were playing together was great, but even just like separate, they were both, you know. There was a clip of the know. two of them on the sideline. I think they had, they had ran the ball three straight times and they didn't, they failed to score. And Manning is like, I've never seen like his, Face was so red and gets in Jeff Saturday's face and <laughs> screaming at him. And then the post interview, they're like, "Oh yeah, that's just the game. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We're we're best buds." Yeah. I was like, no, they, I was so confused. I was like, great. "What the heck?" 
I know. Well, they were a great um, team, like combo. Oh, yeah. Between the two of them, like, it was – I've watched them a lot and read stuff on them. So, yeah, those yeah. two. Yeah, all right. Then your favorite broadcasting team or place, like, to watch football games? Like, was it Fox, CBS, is it ESPN? Oh, gosh. I don't – I actually don't like Fox. Um, I hate that little robot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was funny. It's CBS. And here's why. I don't hate Fox. I, I do like Fox. Sorry for, you know, throwing that. <laughs> Anybody who's a Fox fan of the robot, yeah, I apologize in sorry. advance. I forget I forget that this is like public and not just you and I talking. Um, <laughs> no, I, I say CBS Sports. And here's why. Because I can remember growing up as a kid and, and waking up Saturdays and college football being on or coming on. And yeah. Whether it was like CBS covering the SEC, I can always remember hearing that music. I can hear it in my head right now. Oh yeah, and it's like whether you know, in growing up in Florida, like, and we were in North Florida, so we were gonna get either a Florida game or a Georgia game or someone within the Southeast region, especially on like the SEC East teams. Like we were getting one of these games played, and I always remember um, the music. And even down to like, you know, the box, like the score and the time, like in yeah. the corner and what that looked like. Um, but FLA those, that, and UGA. Yeah. Exactly. Right in that corner. Like, yep. Uh-huh. And it was always like, the, and it's been like the same logo and same music. And it's just like this traditional thing. And I'm more of like, I'm big into tradition yeah. and like those kinds of things. So I just always, I don't know. It's almost nostalgic when I watch it on Saturdays and see that. And I the, when the pandemic came and we had the uh, like the different conferences are playing at different times when the SEC started playing, I was like, even though I'm a big Clemson guy and I'm a Clemson yeah. student, I was like, football is back, like we're good, yeah, we're good. Yeah. I was, so, yeah, those two things go together. You heard the music and the announcers. I was like, oh, thank you. Uh-huh. I was For like, sure. it's been too long. Uh huh. That, that and I. It was Mississippi State and LSU was that game. And Mississippi State ended up putting like 700 yards of offense. And I was in my college dorm. I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) So next one is going to be if you have a uniform in college or the NFL, what is your like favorite look? Like you see them on the field and you're like, oh, if we could have those uniforms, I'd like something like that. Ooh. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'll just – I should have prefaced this earlier. When it comes to the NFL, that is not my main thing. Yeah. Like, I, I watch it and, I, and I'll follow it. But when it actually – when Sunday rolls around, I'm actually done with football for the day. <laughs> like, because I've done football Monday through Saturday. That's understandable. I'm about like, okay, I'm going to watch a movie. Yeah. Or I'm going to go do something else. Um, unless there's like no college football on because once like right. college football ends, then I'll start. But anyways, favorite uniform combo again, like I like clean and traditional looks, but not so traditional that it's just boring. Like Alabama. Yeah. No, that's too, like not enough. Um, I, I really enjoy like Clemson's is just as like natural and, and, and clean and like perfect. Like it's saying all, just, there's all, enough. All the right answers, coach. All the right oh, yeah. answers. Yeah, all yeah, the right yeah. answers. <laughs> um, 
I really like. I mean, I actually kind of modeled what we have this year after Clemson, um, and even. But then again, I also like Oregon. Like, oh, Oregon! Like, oh, yeah. You know, but they're on a different level. I don't even think they can be like. You just got to put them separate. They're like in this <laughs> other corner. They're so yeah. their uniforms are so cool. Like they got exactly. something new every year. Like I, I, you know, I think it's every game. There's something different every game. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. But no, I I mean for me, I mean ones I always like look at and like, man, that's sharp. Like that's just a good, sharp. solid, like clean uniform. I mean, with Florida, shot the hard on Florida. Clemson's. Um I mean, I even you know, a lot of I mean, SEC schools, with the exception of Alabama, like there's really just bother me with how bland <laughs> it is. Like, Alabama I does need like an alternate. They do need like a, a different jersey to like kind yeah. of mix things up. Give me something else. Florida States are great. I like Florida State. Yeah. They're just enough flash that it's not like holy crap. But yeah, it's uh, but it's you know good. And I grew up a Florida State fan as well. Ah, so, okay. So we're gonna go into our last two. The, the first one is the best college town that you've been to, and the Clemson can still apply to this one. Actually, the last mm. two, the Clemson can apply to these two. Clemson is great. Yeah. I actually have not been – I mean, I've been to Clemson several times, but I have not been into the downtown area very really? much. I mostly stayed around the stadium, oh. which was still fun. And, like, the lake. Like, I've been that. Oh, Hartwell's amazing. Yeah, like, I've done all that, um, which is great. But I – oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. Uh, the two that come to mind, I go back to even when I was in Cali. The most recent one we went to, the most yeah, was Tuscaloosa. That was that was a cool experience. Um, but I was also like, let's see, I was probably like twenty eight. Like I was older, yeah. And I wasn't like I wasn't in college anymore. <laughs> but when I was in college, like I went to Florida, like Tallahassee. And the University of Florida, like those were those were really good ah. college towns. I'd say those four. I mean, those, those four. Are, the, yeah, those are the picks. All right, we're gonna yeah, we move on to one. our what? All right, it's very early, and I'm I'm throwing with you with a lot of stuff that like requires a lot of like like uh. But who I would you? Old man, I've been up since seven. <laughs> <laughs> what is your pick right now for the national championship in 2022 when they go to Indianapolis? Who do you have raising the trophy at the end? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> College, it's a little easier because there's like four teams that usually consistently make it. Clemson. Yeah. We're hoping. We're hoping. I'm, I'm I mean, I have no ran. idea what they're com- like, what's coming back. Well, we have. Well, I mean, it's, it's all on a chain. Yeah. But it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Alabama, Clemson, and then – Oklahoma might try to sneak in or Ohio State might try to, you know, pay their way in. Like, who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> And then there's going to be some outlier. There's always going to be some random outlier. It's very, it's, it's be... three very consistent teams. And there's one yeah. random team that like, it's like a Notre Dame or a Washington that yeah. I don't have many because there's usually like, or Oklahoma, they'll, they'll usually find their way in. Um, it's, and it's funny. Cause like, I really like Oklahoma. I like, I mean, I just, you know, I, I like Alabama. Like, I like – I actually like, from a football standpoint, all those teams. 
Yeah. Like I enjoy watching all those teams. I, I mean, I enjoy watching all of the college football teams. There's not one team in college football that I'm like, I hate you. Will not watch you. Like, because I'm just a fan of programs and coaches and the sport itself. But then when I remove myself from like that side of it and I get into the fan mode, it's like, okay, well, I want to see, you know, I want to see Clemson do well. I want to see Florida State do well. I want to see teams that I've grown up with or teams that I've married into do well, yeah. you know, but that, cause that's from a fan side, but I also like those schools from, because of the program. Like I like what, I love, you know, what Nick Saban does and what, um, uh, Dabo does and what yeah. um I forgot his name right now, but all those all those coaches do. So yeah, it's a there there's a certain in the NFL there's a couple teams that I'm kind of like, uh like if I have to pick if I had to pick between the two, like I won't be watching Houston this year because there'll be a tire fire. I will not like there's a specific like that, that's <laughs> like what teams like really turn me off. Like I'm like, I don't really yeah. want to watch that. But with college football, I can watch yeah, any yeah. I can watch almost any team and yeah. be like invested. I think I sat down and I watched a Marshall game like this. for three hours. I was like, what am I doing watching the Marshall? Like the fighting herd. I was oh like, gosh, it's crazy. Marshall's great. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, that was, they, I watched it. I'm with you. Yeah. But like the well, same thing. Cause like NFL, I'll, like, I watched the Rams um, because I like their coach. Yeah. McVay. You know, yeah. I watched, I mean, I'll even watch like, Tampa Bay. Like, yeah, there's all these stars on it, but I actually like, um, what's his name you know like i'll watch certain nfl teams because i like you know that coach or like you know a certain thing about them but you know and the same thing with college like and that's for me as a head coach like i'm i'm really i'm weird because i'll watch the post-game interview i want to hear what that coach is saying like i want to hear like especially with certain coaches that i kind of you know admire or not, you know, but like kind of look up to in a way, like I'm going to listen to their post-game interview, not Belichick's because that would Belichick be is like a, it's, <laughs> it's like talking to a robot. I know, but like, you know, I'm just, I'm very interested in, you know, buzzwords and things that they say, you know, not that I'm going to, you know, it's almost just like for me, like, okay, if I'm, if I'm a player and I'm going to watch film, I'm going to watch someone who's better do, you know, pass yeah. block. You know, okay, I'm going to learn some tricks from this person doing, you know, pass block. I'm going to watch myself doing it. Yeah. So for me, it's like I'm going to watch someone who's at the highest profession, you know, given a post-game interview. Like, how do they handle themselves? What are they doing? What are they saying? Like, you know, just certain things like that. So, you know, for me, that's how I get better. Like, that's how I can kind of hear what this person who's done really well is, is saying and doing. And like, okay, well, what can I do to make myself better? Not that I'm trying to copy or be a Dabo or be a, a Nick Saban, but like those guys are very successful. Yes. So why, you know, I'm what just, can I I'm, do better? I'm, what can I do? Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm learning. I'm, I'm trying to just be the sponge and absorb as much information as I can to help me. So then I can better my staff and my players, yeah. my kids. Like I can help them improve, you know, all, all great things. So yep. that wraps it up today. Our interview with head coach JW Myers. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on a fantastic interview. Do you have anything, any last words before we sign off? Man, um, 
no, I, I, just, I actually love what you're doing. I think it's great, man. I think you uh, when you told me you were doing this and you kind of put yourself out there, I was like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm looking right now at your screen and you got this really nice microphone and these nice headphones. I'm like, besides the wall, the paint, the paint on the walls in the background, but it's like so, <laughs> very, yeah, very, very temporary, very yeah. temporary. But no, I, um, it was a lot of fun. I was kind of like, I had it on my calendar. I was like podcast interview, <laughs> and my wife and I, like we listened to podcasts and, you know, different ones and she listens to them more than me. And I was like, babe, I'm going to be on my first podcast interview. And uh, hopefully not my last, but it was a lot of fun. I hey, really we'll get you it. out there. We'll get you out yeah, there. Man. But All no, right. I think what you're doing is great. And yeah. Keep up the great work, Grayson. All right. Well, that was the Man With a Plan podcast, episode 33, with head coach J.W. Myers. If you guys enjoyed, leave a like, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review to let us know that you're enjoying what you're listening to. Guys, have a fantastic weekend. Or if you're listening later, have a fantastic week. And as always, Take care. Go Panthers.